Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. Once again, coming at you on a lovely Tuesday morning. Hope you're having a good morning today, doing whatever you're doing while you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. And we've got a special guest with us today. Once again, a friend of mine, Pastor John Burdine. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Well, thank you, Brother Austin. It's an honor to be here. Just excited about it. First time ever being on a podcast. So, oh, okay. Maybe first time. First time. Maybe. But you do flop. listen, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I appreciate your podcast and all the other brethren out there doing podcasts. Yeah, well, sure we're trying to give some folks some good wholesome holiness content to listen to and not have to be infiltrated with all the trash that's out there man it sounds like crying brown right there trash in the world today oh so hopefully we can brighten somebody's day here on a tuesday we got a great topic we think it's a great topic for today but first we're just going to jump right into it and a lot of folks i'm sure probably know the john burdine some folks may not so why don't you just give us a a jump right in here. We're barely two minutes in. Just give us a jump right into the biography, the story, the legacy. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, June 15th, 1977 is when Jonathan Wayne Burdine made his grand appearance to this wonderful world God made. And uh, so since June 15th, 1977, been doing my best to live life, but been thankful been raised in church all of my life a good pentecostal mom yep. and dad we got some great church. parents so i thank the lord for that I went to public school all my years of school and graduated in 1995 then went to a free gospel bible institute the fall of 1995 graduated from there in 1998 and uh, then did some different things, different uh, churches, ministry, different areas, bus ministry and Christian school and things like that uh, for a couple years. And then in 2000, I started uh, evangelizing uh, full time, March of 2000. Then I got married to my lovely wife in July of 2000, July 29th. And so then we evangelized uh, till August of 2015 full-time before we came uh, to Shelby Street Pentecostal Lighthouse in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, was assistant pastor under my dad for two years, worked in our Christian school, and then uh, 2018 became pastor here at Shelby Street Pentecostal Lighthouse. So in your your evangelizing, I think most people that do know you know you for more of a children's yeah, children's ministry seemed like God really direct you that way. Yes, sir. Uh, mainly in kids' crusades and some youth camps yes, sir. and different things like that. And so why don't you talk about that for a few minutes? Well, okay, yeah. So uh, I guess I could really give all the credit really to my wife, to be honest. So we got married in, um, in July of 2000. And so her uncle is uh, Mark Scroggum. One of her uncles is Mark Scroggum. At that time, he pastored in, down in Enid, Mississippi. And so he had asked us to do a kids' crusade down there at Enid. And so it was like, 
okay, we never done one. Uh, actually, my wife had never been to a kids' crusade. I'd been wow. to a few, kind of based our schedule of way of doing things, kind of off of Brother Kevin, Sister Kim Lloyd. They used to do kids' crusades, so that's the only ones I was around really. And uh, so we went down there to Brother Scroggins when he was pastoring in Enid, Mississippi, and um, that was our first one. And so we did one that year, and then um, next year, you know, we just word just gets out. And I did three the next year and six the next year and just on and on. We we did them a lot. (laughs) Week after week after week. So you had, I guess, every year you – did you just – how did that – I don't know. I guess how does the life of a kid's crusader as far as – because I guess that's what you did the majority of the year a lot of times. Right. So So how does that start? We mainly just, you know, pray, you know, to get a theme and think, you know, to get an actual theme, what you're aiming for. Because you're going to wear that out all year long. All year, yeah. So we did kind of mess up the first, uh, it would have been the second or third year, I think, or third or fourth year that we did Kids Crusades. Uh, So we was going to repeat a a Kids Crusade because we, you know, didn't have a, we weren't, we were not going to do our Kids Crusade at churches we had done it before. So I thought, well, we can just pull out one we've already done. Well, in the middle of the year, somebody calls uh, from another church we'd already done a Kids Crusade for. So we can't do the same one. So that year we had to haul two Kids Crusades you know, one year, and it, it was a mess. So oh we decided at the beginning of the year we're going to get one kids' crusade schedule lined up, and that's what we're going to do, you know, the whole year. So um, so you kind of get, and then, so with evangelizing, what makes it a little more difficult than just like if you do it at a home church is everything's got to be, you got to be able to travel with it as well and, and to fit in our travel trailer. You know, so everything, so Velcro became our very good friend. <laughs> you know, we just slap it up there and, you know, take it down at the end of the week as far as our scenery, our setup. Yeah. So that was usually very challenging to make something kid-friendly but somewhat realistic but able to fit in, you know, your travel trailer at the end of, end of the week and go and not be too heavy. You know, so you know about you're not getting cars and half of airplanes and right. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, right? And so, uh, of course, you know, technology's changed a lot of things now, a lot yep. more technologically advanced ways to do things. But back in the day, when me and Sister Dana started making stuff, we had a projector. Do you know what an overhead projector is? Yep, all right, and so we printed. You know, we was needing a fire truck. We was needing it big. And so we just printed a fire truck off the computer onto a transparency paper and put that on the overhead projector <laughs> and shined it out over there. We used, we used a lot of styrofoam, like a, a half-inch styrofoam, four-by-eight sheet of styrofoam because mm-hmm. it's pretty sturdy, but it's very light. And so we'd stand that up against the wall and project that. Uh, image on that styrofoam and then my wife she would trace it with her you know with a marker and then we would cut it out you know for like we did fire trucks ambulance helicopters uh, a cow a horse you know different things like that but now i know there's a whole lot more technologically advanced ways of doing that and then buying stuff online is just a whole lot easier 
now. Yeah, I'd say so. So back then, you're right. probably probably looking at a pretty good chunk of time to prepare for a kids' crusade. A lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of paint, a lot of tape, <laughs> a lot of laminate. We did a lot of laminating, a lot of stuff. So, but so through the years, it. all the kids' crusades you've done, it's hard telling how many you've done. Yeah, repeats and things. Is there a few, just a just a handful of stories that you can you can pick out? Yeah, um, that just stand out in your mind that stand alone of just moments mm-hmm. um, at different kids' crusades that just that you'll never forget. I do remember we were doing kids' crusade in Batesville, Arkansas Harbor Lights, and uh, his pat their pastor's actually been on here. Yes, I heard him. Yeah, it's amazing story. Yeah, back then it was Brother James Kane that was pastor uh, there, uh, but. So we, you know, had our kids' crusade, and then, um, you know, altar call. We always, you know, have an altar call at the end, time for them to pray. And so, anyway, you know, all the kids came up and prayed, prayed good, whatever, and they went back. And after church, a lady came and told us that, said, my son, he came back after he got done praying, came back to to the seat, and he said, I feel like I've been reborn. (laughs) And so that always stuck out to me. It was always precious. And another time, we uh, this is kind of a long story how we ended up doing Kids Crusade at a Methodist church. We did a Kids Crusade Methodist church for several years in West Virginia. And a certain story there has always stuck with me. Uh, so you know, we'd do a memory verse every night. And I, at the end of the Kids Crusade, we'd send home a little piece of paper that had the memory verse on it. wanted them to you know memorize that verse and take it with them. And actually, to be honest, I was kind of getting tired of doing that because I made those every week, you know, and cut them out and printed them off and cut them out and printed them off and cut them out. And and about each night after Kids Crusade, half the ones you'd handed out is laying on the ground in the parking (laughs) lot, in the trash can. I'm thinking, you know, I'm wasting my time, wasting my money, wasting the paper. And uh, But during that Kids Crusade at that Methodist church in West Virginia, before Kids Crusade started one night, a little girl, she came in with one of those uh, little pieces of paper, and she ran in. She said, I've read this all night long so I could tell you my memory verse. <laughs> and so she said that, and that just let me know that I need to keep doing that because the Word of God, you know, get in right. hearts at a young age. And some of them, they'd keep those little slips of paper all week long, keep them in their Bible. So that those are precious memories. We had great altar services at some, you know, churches. Spirit of the Lord really moved, even at a kids' crusade. There's different things. My wife, of course, she held a yes. crusade for her church, right? Um, for for I don't know how many times, several times. But um, she remembers just different things she's told me about. I, I think I've only been to one that you all did, and uh, but just different things that sticks out in people's mind. Like you would go mm-hmm. Friday night, Friday night, and just like how you do your words and yeah. Just keeping those kids' attention and keeping them, yeah, you gotta you know, keep it moving. Yeah, keep everything moving. And I remember um, that little volume mm-hmm. control thing you had. Oh, that was yes. pretty neat. I'd never seen something like that. Radio before. Shack. That's <laughs> the best forty nine dollars I think I ever spent. Well, if you can find a Radio Shack, I don't know if you can. Yeah, um, it's called a des decimeter measures the decibels and uh, so you know we always do the hallelujah 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 yeah. praise you the, you know contest and of course you know before that we get somebody up there to listen you know who's the loudest the boys or the girls and so we sometimes uh 
not always accurate to you guess, you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, so I was at Radio Shack way back in the day when there was Radio Shack, and I seen that. I was like, that's what I need. And so yeah. I bought that. And so to tell us definitively how loud the boys were, the girls were, you know, because we don't want no cheaters, of course. Yeah. And so was there always a clear winner? A lot or of times it would tie. Or was the churches, I mean, can you can you say definitively that girls are always louder? Uh, no. Or? <laughs> no. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble, I guess. Don't want to get in trouble. But, yeah, that was a, that's a pretty cool toy. Yeah. A so a lot cool of times, toy. you know, the, the singing is like the pitch, the girl's high-sounding pitch may hurt your ears more and you hear it. Ah! But really what that measures is the, the, the volume mm-hmm. of it. And so the pitch, the girl's high-sounding pitch voice may hurt your ears more than the boy's <clears throat> voice, you know. But, you know, if it's louder, even yeah, though it's lower pitch. Neat. But anyway. So that was a, a good investment, forty nine dollars. Yep. Brother, uh, infamous Mark White is doing. Oh, yes. He's doing Kiss Crusades Great. right now. He's trying to take up your mantle, I guess. Yeah, go get a Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I seen a picture of him and Todd Hatcher the other day with pies in their faces, and uh, they've both been on this podcast. So people yes. people will know them. But uh, the infamous Mark was doing a doing a Kiss Crusade at Brother Todd's the other day. Yes. And yeah. uh, so Kelly, we was just. You know, he was uh, Marco Polo and me, his setup and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kelly was reminiscing about Kiss Crusades with yeah. you all. Great. Um, was we was going down the road, and she talked about how you would when they put all the change. You know, Mark mm-hmm. was talking about how you know they switch money for pennies when you walk right. in and all that stuff. And uh, Kelly would tell me how you would grab that bucket, and and so n- not everybody can watch it, but you would right. wait and count down and the big anticipation Three, two, of which one, one which side instead of just heavier. letting them watch it just right. little things to get them kids so excited oh yes yeah. so that's pretty neat that was it's amazing the kids favorite part of kids crusade was the offering you're like keep it coming that's right keep it coming bring in it i said bring in the money bring in the money bring in the money bring in a penny bring in a penny bring in a nickel bring in a dime bring in a quarter bring in a five dollar those kind of things so did you keep pennies up front too or how was that a big job to so we usually have people, you know, uh, recruit somebody from the church, or you know, sometimes me and my wife would do it, uh, but you know, change cash money out. Of course, we'd accept anything, but you know, the kids like yeah. the hundred dollar bill don't weigh anything. It don't weigh as much, <laughs> but you know, whatever, you know, different people do it different ways. That's fine, but uh, I know the kids like to see the the weight scale go down and all yeah. that. But oh, they they get so excited. So I know the answer to this because we've talked about it, but for the for the listeners, um, I can just imagine a question from a listener is, so when you got your offering mm-hmm. for a Kids Crusader, mm-hmm. did they write you a check a lot of times, or did you have to roll a lot of coins? Most of the time, uh, well, 98% of the time we got a check or cash, but there were times <laughs> we had buckets of pennies. <laughs> That's Buckets pretty. of pennies. That was our offering. And, uh, but it's crazy. This is, you know, it don't make no sense in the world. I mean, it's American money, but if you don't have an account at a bank, oh, yeah, you can't take in yeah. four or five gallon buckets of pennies. They won't and even say, hardly talk to you. No, no. And so we was like stuck, yeah. you know, with all these buckets of pennies and nickels and dimes. And then if you take it to Kroger or Walmart, they, they charge you. Yeah, they yeah. charge you quite a bit, and you're like, you don't want to do that. Right. You're already spending. Quite a bit of your own money, you know, for I, the kids' crusade stuff. I was uh, very tempted. I didn't do this, but I was very tempted to pay my tithes in pennies. 
because that's what they gave me. But you uh, know, but I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> There you uh, go, brother. Yeah. <laughs> now you know what it feels like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I could have, you know, went in and, you know, paid $100 worth of diesel, you know, in bennies, I guess, but I didn't no, do that. I did it with $1 bill. It's unrealistic. That yeah. Was, yeah, that would be a lot. Yeah, that is funny. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any other stories that come to mind before we move on to the topic of the day? Oh, you know, we've had funny stories. We've had disasters, you know, things go wrong fall apart right in the middle i remember uh, one um i was doing an illustration i was preaching you know these kids uh, i think it's in proverbs he shall be holding with the cords of his own iniquity you know and so i had this little th- uh, piece of thread like sewing thread you know uh, is a spool of thread and so i had this young man up there and uh, so i wrapped one little line of thread around his wrist and i said now see if you can break that of course this young man said and he broke it i was like so i was preaching you know that's you think you get one little sin and you think you can get over it you know and and that's fine and you think you're fine because you got rid of that but then you know so then but i was preaching you keep sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning so i was wrapping his wrist i had his hands together Mm -hmm. you know kind of like handcuffs or something and so I was wrapping the thread around his wrist, and I wrapped and wrapped and wrapped and wrapped. I mean, it was probably about an inch all the way around. And, you know, I was preaching in a big way. You keep sinning. You keep smoking those cigarettes. You keep listening to that rock and roll. You keep disobeying. You keep doing all that. And after a while, that sin's going to get such a hold on you. You can try and try, but you can't break it. So I'm in front of all these people preaching this, you know, to these kids. And I said, now, son, see if you can break that. He goes, he broke it. It's like, no, <laughs> you just ruined my whole message right there. But I guess I underestimated his strength. <laughs> I guess you should have saved yourself. I know. Maybe you'd be like, well, that was a lot of sin, but now, Ooh, now even more sin. <laughs> I should have told him before, don't break, try, but don't yeah. break it. But I didn't think he could break it. <laughs> And so, you know, things like that. Uh, and sometimes games, uh, uh, like doing Kids Crusade games, you you know, you get this in your head. It's going to work. It's going to go real good. But it's utter chaos when kids are doing it. So you've got to do a lot of revamping things. Did you all know? ever have a lot of uh, family cleanup from family. nasty messes your family had to go clean up? Yes. We've been some places where the stomach virus was there too, along with Kids Crusade, oh. and things happened. I wasn't thinking right. of that. Kind. Oh, okay. I didn't know exactly what you was meaning. I but thought maybe like illustrations that went wrong. Or oh, like. sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it though. Yeah. Um, some, well, I would sometimes with you know you get a competition between the boys and the girls, and um, sometimes that goes a little too far. I can imagine most of these are probably in in the sanctuary. Yes, so I can imagine some kids getting rowdy and hollering, and mm-hmm. you know you got some little trinket that's been sitting there for five years. five yeah. decades, and yeah. Sister Susie over there's sweating because the kids about to break it. About to break it. <laughs> Yes, yes. A little Those precious little, moments on the remembrance table me. or something. So we was in Virginia, and there's a church there, and they went together. This was with another 
Methodist church is different. But anyway, so they kind of worked together because the Methodist church sanctuary was bigger. Old church building, you know, and a lot of oak uh, woodwork. And, all, and so they had like an altar rail across the front. And, of course, he was doing Kids Crusade, and that's oh, I got. Well, I probably shouldn't tell that part. But anyway, there was uh, was doing this game. as in our um, construction Kids Crusade, uh, Kids Under Construction, maybe is what it was, and uh, with Blob the Builder. And so we was going to tear some things down first. So I made this pole. It looked like a wrecking ball is what the game was. You know, mm-hmm. we stacked up these uh, plastic cups on a little table. So it was just a, just a simple game, you know, just for fun. Blindfolded the kids and turned them around. And they had a swing at these this pyramid of plastic cups to see how many points they could get. So, you know, simple, easy game. Well, I get this boy up there. And get him turned around, and I say, swing! And he totally misses the cups, the pyramid of cups. And he hits the altar rail that had like these oak slats, you know, made in the mid-1800s. You know, this is a historic church building we're in. And he swings that wrecking ball thing and hits one of those oak slats. And it goes across the platform. And I stood there. In silence, and I looked at the pastor of the Methodist church, and he's over there laughing. He's falling over laughing. I was like, whew. Oh, <laughs> and it, it snapped back up in place. It didn't break, but oh, you know, wow. it scared me to death. I thought, we've tore this poor guy's church up. Different things like that. It's funny. Yeah. It wasn't funny then. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little funny now, but. Yeah, I'd say you have a plethora of stories. Yeah, regarding kids and kids crusades, mm-hmm. but that's not the main reason we're on today. Oh, all but right. I enjoyed it. That's pretty that's interesting. Good, good. Well, I enjoyed telling. That's it. interesting. I'd say you could. Uh, we we should have done a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, Just, sometimes another funny time was was somewhere in one of my characters because I you know I I think I might have multiple personalities because I've been <laughs> to have a different character. Every we we didn't know you could get one character and use the same character year after year after year after year after year like some uh Kids Crusade Adventures has done, but I've done a new character every year and was somewhere and you know I had the bubba teeth in and and I was doing something and they fell out. <clears throat> and so that was rather humorous to everybody. Yeah. But me that's funny. Mm-hmm. I remember your wife talking about some stories where they've caught you off guard. Oh, and yes. Kids Crusades. Yes. That's pretty funny. That was that was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> I don't know if you want to tell one or not, but that, yeah. is, that is funny. So uh, so I was a farmer, uh, Elmer, Elmer, and I was trying to, uh, uh, I, was needing, I was needing a wife because I'd been working so hard out there and uh, I needed some beans and taters if I had me a wife. And so all week long I was trying to get, you know, Sister Dana, she always did the um, the serious part of the character, you know, mm-hmm. and I was always a goofy one for some reason. And uh, so... <laughs> Never could talk her into switching? One year she did. One year? <laughs> yeah, but that was a long time ago and she's, no, not after that. And so... Um, so I was, you know, trying to, you know, ease up to her to try to get her to marry me, you know. And so I was going along, you know, with this storyline and trying to get somebody to marry me, especially Dana, to fix me some beans and taters so I didn't have to work so hard. And uh, so I had gotten, uh, so it's a good church to do Kids Crusade at. Everybody really got involved. Some places 
people didn't get involved. They just sat there and watched. But this church, everybody was really involved and participated really good. And so I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, so I had got uh, somebody was going to play Here Comes the Bride on the piano because I you know, was really going to do something out of the ordinary for the last night to catch right. her off guard. But she had went and connived against me and already got another plan together. And so she, she stopped everything. She's like, Elmer, Elmer, I have found somebody that wants to marry you. And I'm, I'm thinking, this isn't in the script. Dana, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, of course, we never had a real script, but uh, we had an idea generally. But And so in walks uh, a young lady from the church that dressed up just crazy, just just goofy crazy. <laughs> you know, she comes in with a big pot and, you know, clanging it. Oh, Elmer, Elmer, Elmer. And, uh, and and so everybody died laughing. I, uh, that point, I remember I seen her coming down. And I, I threw my hat at her, and I took my teeth out, and I threw my teeth at her, and I, <laughs> I took off running. And uh, that was not planned, but the church, <laughs> we literally fell apart that laughing. Is, that is my funny. precious little wife. Yeah, I remember Sister Dana talking about uh, sometimes you just eating at her. Oh, just yes. picking on her right in the middle, right. and you're in front of all these kids and the yes. pastor and everybody, and you two are up here having almost a marriage squabble. Right. <laughs> Nobody we, knows it. We we were we was doing kids crusade at a, a youth camp, brother Glenn Meekham's youth camp, in North Carolina, and this this particular kids crusade, I was Bubby, and so I was a great big humongous three year old little boy. And uh, and so whatever was going on, I, I, as the year progresses, she says, I get more aggravating and more aggravating. And so, <laughs> uh, and my my character, not me personally, <clears throat> but my character and kids crusade would aggravate her more. So whatever was talking for whatever reason, I stopped and I said, "There's something in your teeth." She just reached up and she slapped me right in the face in front of everybody. And there's a certain preacher and his uh, the preacher's wife was there. And they have a, a maybe reputation of being just very serious. I put it that way. Uh-huh. And uh, and so she's like, I slapped you right in the face because this is after you know everybody falls uh-huh. over laughing just about. And she said, I slapped you right in the face, and so and so was there in front of all these kids. Oh, but anyway, I guess I deserved it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's for aggravating her. So there were some conversations in the trailer oh, that night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brother Glenn Meekham <laughs> still loves to talk about that. He'll uh, laugh about that. that she just funny. reached up there and shoo, pow, that's right in the face. Oh, goodness. That wasn't on the script either. Yeah. Oh man, that's some pretty funny stories. Oh yeah, lots and lots of good times. That's some pretty funny stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we need to move on. All right, <laughs> we've dwelled on that for a while. Yeah, that was, that was better than I expected. I thought we'd just go a few minutes, but yeah, I think people enjoy that. And that was really mm-hmm. funny. So, anyways, let's switch gears. Switch gears. Switch gears. All right. Got to get. We got to get cereal. Yeah. Now that I'm pastor, I got to be serious all yep. the time. You know. Yeah. That was the former part of former, your life. <laughs> that was a former life. It does seem like a former life. It's fifteen. Now you're pastoring, so let's get pastoral. Pastoral. Yes. <laughs> so you have. You're the pastor of the Shelby Street Lighthouse. You've been pastor here several years. I've already told that. Whoops. Drop my mic. We've uh, we've preached here several times. We've preached revival here, and uh, we've had a great time with you all. And every once in a while, 
um, I'll tune in and listen. You all have, uh, uh, I think, Facebook and YouTube and Mixler and everything. And um, I'll tune in every once in a while. And there was a, a particular message that caught my eye. I don't remember how long how long it was ago. And uh, you was preaching on the root of all evil. And I thought, well, that's not really a topic you – I knew it was about money. It's not something you really mm-hmm. talk about much. And then it yeah. wasn't too much long after that. And you preached a whole message on the joy of paying your tithes. Mm-hmm. And so when me and Zach started this podcast, um, there was a list of topics that I wanted to address as a part of um, kind of like why I believe yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And in that um, list of topics, one of them was tithing and mm-hmm. giving right. and the importance of tithing and giving and also money. And we've mm-hmm. dealt with the topic of money per se on on the podcast, but we've never really, we've mentioned it. Uh, I'm sure I could go back and find places where we've mentioned it, but we've never took time to explain or go into the topic right. of paying your tithes and not, Ties, not your neckties, but your tithe, right? Tithes. And uh, <laughs> and and giving also because they they, they go, you know, they're they're both mm-hmm. about money, right? And you know, you need to tithe, but you also need to give, yes. And uh, your tithes and offerings, as we say in church. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start out reading just a few words here, and I guess the most common scriptures that preachers go to as far as tithing would mm-hmm. be Malachi three and eight, and it says, "Will a man rob God?" Mm. Wow. Hard to believe. And, you know, Brother Austin being raised in church all my life, you know, I just just always thought people paid their tithes and gave right. them the offering. You know, That's all I've ever heard. That's like, yeah. you know, that's what Christians do. They read their Bible. They go to church. You know, they pray. They pay their tithes. I just thought that was part of it, you know, yeah. being a Christian. But then you find out later on that there's people who come to church for years and don't pay their tithes at least regularly or, or not at all. And for me, in my mind, you know, that was just, just hard to, to wrap around, you know, mm-hmm. get a hold of. So sometimes, Pastor, you know, you got to <clears throat> deal with things sometimes, you know, and preach them to help, you know, people. And I know, you know, there's a, a, a variation of, you know, on, the, on this topic of paying tithes. You know, we do know that there are some brethren out there, churches, beliefs, you know, and they have their beliefs that they don't pay their tithes. I've not personally talked with them about that, why they don't. And then, you know, I know that there are some new people that come to church that um, don't know. They don't know the Bible. They don't know about tithing. So, you know, they need to be taught. But then what bothers me, myself personally, is people that are in a church and they know what the Bible says about paying your tithes and giving your offerings and they they've read it for themselves but they still don't do it mm-hmm. i think that that is a a bigger problem than somebody that doesn't know maybe somebody that's got some kind of different reasons why they don't but people that do know what the bible says but they still don't do it in in my heart and mind i think the the root of that problem is the love of money what Paul told Timothy, except for the love of money is the root of, of all evil. Right. And it's a dangerous thing. I think that when somebody, you know, is not, we know that everything we have comes from God. Everything, you know, it all belongs to the Lord. And when we're talking about our finances, now, Brother Austin, now, would you, <clears throat> if I ask you this here, I'm going to put you on the spot and I interview you. Um, <laughs> if I, you know, what would you think? If I had my money, 
and I spent money on lottery tickets. Do you think that's bad? Yeah. All right. If I spent my money on buying cigarettes, you think that's bad? Absolutely. So there's some bad things we can do with our money, right? Correct. There's good things we can do with our money as well. And so, you know, if people, I'm sure there's lots of people out there, oh, they wouldn't be caught buying, you know, they don't want to spend their money on buying a six pack of a beer or, you know, a, a carton of cigarettes because they know that that's, that's bad that you use your money that way. Uh, but when we don't, as, as the scripture you had mentioned there, Malachi, will a man rob God? I mean, that's, that's really bad if you're thinking you can rob God. And there's something if you uh, do want to point out, it says, you know, rob God. It doesn't say just steal you know, somebody can sneak in and steal your wallet out, you know, of uh, your back pocket or out of the, a lady's purse. And that's still, but when you rob something, that's yeah. like pointing a gun at their face yeah. and saying, give me your money, give it to me now. So that's, you know, there you got a, I think a, a big problem in your heart if you're willing to just rob from God. And I know that uh, message you were referencing about the root of all evil I will say this, Brother Austin, that before that Sunday morning, um, I did send out a text message to the trustees of the church that um, I was going to say some things this morning in my message for dramatic effect. And uh, don't don't get worried. You know, (laughs) I'm saying these things on purpose. So I started that message out talking about uh, that there's a thief in the church, you know. Yeah. I, you know, we got this something we got to deal with, you know, and and I wish I could tell you it was somebody, you know, some low down, low life out there that was sneaking in still. But the but it wasn't somebody from somebody in here, somebody. And it hurts me to tell you it was somebody in the church that's stealing. And, you know, till we find out who it is, you know, brothers, keep your wallet close to you. You know, ladies, keep your purse close to you. Keep your and I, I drug this out. <laughs> yeah. It was quiet. I'd say it, it was. was so quiet. It was so tense. Oh my! It was so tense. It was so quiet. And you'll know, keep your doors locked on your car till we find out who's been stealing this. Is because that the is that the kids' crusade? Oh yeah, the dramatic, to bring the dramatic effect. It still comes out in your preaching. Oh, it it does. Yes, <laughs> it's in there still. And uh, and so, but I you know, and so I brought it around to if a man is brave enough, bold enough, bad enough to to steal from God. Will a man rob God, then he's going to be brave enough to rob you as well, you know? And a uh, little funny side, well, it's not funny, but a little humorous, I guess. And so and so, I changed that and preached a whole message about, you know, the root of all evil, you know, uh, the love of money being the root of all evil. But there were some people that didn't make the connection. And then at the end of service, like, oh, Brother Burdine, I can't, I can't believe somebody's stealing right out of the church. And so, well, <laughs> they're not exactly stealing out of the church, but, uh, but you know, they're not paying their tithes. They're, they're right. robbing God. And uh, I think it you know, really comes down to, to your heart, you know, if we can't. And I know, and I've did this, you know, several times. There's some people that just, you know, newer people that don't know, you know, a tithe T-I-T-H-E is a tenth, 10%. So, you know, you get $500 on your paycheck. You move the decimal point 
one place to the left, so that's $50. And so if at least $50 doesn't end up at ch in the church, then you're robbing God. You know, if you make $1,000 a week, you know, you move that decimal point one place to the left, that's $100. That's your tithe, a tenth that you have gained, whether your income comes weekly or twice um, a month or, you know, once a month, however your income comes in. Uh, we know, and, and I've heard testimony after testimony, people that maybe was raised not to pay tithes, but they, they did, they began to pay tithe, and they found out how the Lord began to, began to bless them from the, you know, the promise of paying their tithes. And um, tithe and, and offerings. So offerings are uh, something that's above, you know, your tithe. And that's Malachi had to deal with it. That the Lord dealt with Malachi about that all them years ago. Yeah. So if they're passing the plate around for tithes, on say a lot of churches will do, hey, this the first plate coming around for right. your tithing. Mm -hmm. Then you give your like you said, right. if you make a thousand dollars a week, you give your hundred dollars. Right. But then when the second plate comes around, and says this is offering for the church. Right. It's not that. Oh well, I already gave them a hundred. Right. No, that's that's separate. You know, the tithing is what God is requiring Required. of you. And the offering is supposed to be, as we can read on, that said, God loveth a cheerful giver. Yes. You're supposed to give offering. Mm -hmm. And you did, you were full-time evangelist for, mm -hmm. for how many years? Fifteen. Fifteen years. Mm -hmm. And you survived and raised your family off the church's offerings. And that's what we're doing right now. Right. Off love offerings from churches and family members, and it it comes from a plethora of different mm -hmm. places, and got the way God does that. Sure, and uh, it's kind of a difficult topic to talk about as right. an evangelist right now. But right. paying your tithes is a very, very important part of being a Christian. And I remember one of the most important things when my pastor, when you know, we was going out to evangelize, he said, "When you get an offering, you better pay your tithes." Right. To that pastor, so if the offering's a hundred, you better give him a ten. You you better whatever Amen. you got to do. You can't leave that church unless you pay your tithes. And sometimes I've had to chase pastors down, or mm -hmm. um, I don't yeah. know if I've had to mail them, but you know, chase them Some down, trying to find them, or or whatever you've got, or give them, I should say, and what they do with it. Right, you've you've given it to them, mm -hmm. and so it is required to give ten percent of what we make Amen. back to God. And we don't need to look at it as, you know, well, I had 100%, and now I've only got 90. No, you need to look at it as I've got 90. Right. And God will take that 10%, and he'll turn it into 110. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we sow, we plant sparingly, we will reap sparingly. If we don't put much in, it's kind of, you know, we don't look at the kingdom of God or tithe and offering as maybe a financial guru would talk about investing. But really, mm -hmm. when you give your tithe and offering, you're investing into a church, investment evangelist comes through, uh, you give offerings to him. You know what? That's investing into their ministry. Like people, it's not the same, but, you know, it's a similar 
way of thinking. You know, in the stock market, people see a stock, you know, that's doing good. They invest because they they want it to go uh, higher and do better. And, you know, if you love your church, you're going to invest into your church. You love preachers and minute you're going to invest into them. And when you do, guess what? You will get a reward for that. You know, your church doing better, vans just going on. And we might not see it here, you know. We might not yeah. get great big dividends here and now. But uh, and when we make it to, to heaven, you know, I believe the Lord's yeah. keeping— I mean, even Cornelius— Thank you. Cornelius, uh, you know, his record was kept in heaven. The angel came down, seeing what Cornelius was doing, gave his alms and gifts and all that. And so the Lord knew what Cornelius, we know the story about Jesus and the, the, the widow there. He knew what the widow was given. And each and every one of them, they were blessed for their giving. And, yeah. and I think maybe this American, you know, and I'm glad to be an American, glad for things that we have, but but I've known people personally, they've got in so much debt, you know, with new house and boat and guns and vacation and, and all these things trying to live the American dream that, you know, they they feel like they can't pay their tithes because they owe so much money to so many different people. But when we really put God first above all, of course, God's word and what it really means, and we believe it, and we sow, and we plant, and we will we'll reap the, the benefits and paying our tithes and giving our offering and get rid of the root of all evil. Because you don't have to be rich to have the love of money. Right. You can be poor, but if you do whatever uh, you do just to get another dollar, that's, that's, that's the love of money. Amen. Do you find out if I'm talking to somebody that that's never you know paid their tithes? I encourage you. To, uh, so what's that? Malachi, prove me here. What try? Try and see if God will not open up the windows of heaven and and pour you out a blessing. It might not come back in you know monetary ways, uh, but you know the Lord just is able to bless so many other areas of your life, and it all comes back to that you've been faithful in paying your tithes and giving your offering. I was my mind goes to two different stories. In one, um, Pastor Jason Painter, he's been on here before. Yes, sir. He told a story I've heard before, and that was when he was a young kid going to youth camp. I think it was at Richlands Youth Camp, and uh, he was just a young kid, and they was asking for pledges. You know how they mm-hmm. do sometimes, and he was I can't remember how much it was. It I don't think it was too much because he was just a young boy. He was going to mow grass and stuff, but he sowed into that youth camp. Yes. And uh, and gave to it, and mm-hmm. I remember him preaching about this. And he said, "I forget how many years it was later that one of his girls received the Holy Ghost in that wow. youth camp." Praise and you God. talk about sowing. Mm-hmm. He sowed in that camp, and it was well, it was a many many years down the road because he was just a young boy. So mm-hmm. it was many years down the road, and his one of his daughters received the Holy Ghost in that camp. Wow. So you're talking about yeah. sowing and reaping, right. and uh, also, and so that's a great example of giving an offering. You know, it may not. I've often told folks, you know, you give five dollars in this offering, you know, or you give ten dollars in this offering. I'm not telling you that somebody's going to walk up to you and give you a twenty here later, right? Or if you put in a hundred, somebody's going to give you two hundred tomorrow. But if you give, if you give to God, and sometimes it may hurt, you mm-hmm. need to let God get a hold of your wallet mm-hmm. and uh, give. And even as an evangelist, and I, this is a hard topic for me to talk about sure. as an evangelist. And uh, so I don't hope nobody takes me takes me wrong on this because I really I'm just trying to 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're yeah, not, get the yeah. evangelists don't get up and preach on Needs giving. Needs to be talked about, right? But you still have to talk about it. This is, I'm, I'm talking from a podcast perspective, not yes. just because of my title. But even as an evangelist, we, we I, I try to let God get a hold of my wallet because there's been oh, many yes. times through the years I've went somewhere and God's dealt with me to give this in the offering, give that in the offering, whether you know churches come mm-hmm. around and give offerings or why don't you give that to that preacher right. or give to another evangelist yes. or, or whatever. And you've got to be willing. And sometimes it hurts. It's like, God, mm-hmm. you know, can't you see everything I've got? And I've got five kids and everything I could really use every dime I can get, especially right now, thanks to Biden. Oh, thank you. But when God gets a hold of your wallet, I've never, it's never failed. Yeah. It's never failed to be a cheerful giver. And I had to learn that. Mm-hmm. When, before I evangelized, I was a giver, but not a giver, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. But after being around the road and realizing God sure turned my mind around when it talks about giving, and I promised my wife, I said, whenever we get back on the other side, one of these days we was on the on the uh, giving side, yeah. and now we're on the receiving side. Mm-hmm. One of these days when I can get back on the giving side all the time, yes. I said, I've already learned and I'm going to try to be the best giver I can. That's and good. another story that comes to mind, I'll give this back to you, is we was preaching somewhere, and the pastor was talking about paying your tithes. And he was talking to a young man in his church, and that's what he said. He said, Pastor, I only make you know minimum wage. I can't afford to pay right. my tithing. And you may say, you may say, what's my... You know what's what's my fifty dollars a week yeah. going to amount to the church? What are they going to fifty? They're not even going to miss my fifty dollars a week. Well, that's that's not the point. Yeah. The point is there's a record in heaven, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to give your tithing unto God. Right. It's not that you're just giving it to Pastor John, and I don't like what he bought with it. I gave him my mm. tithes, and I caught him at Olive Garden the Ooh. next the next afternoon. That, I know they spent my tithes at Olive Garden. Ooh. And <laughs> that opens up a whole nother subject. But this particular man, uh, young young man, that pastor told him this, and I'll never forget it. He said, you start paying your tithes this week. Give me your tithes. Pay them to the church. He said, if God don't bless you within 30 days, I'll give them back to you. Wow. I was like, wow, that's bold. Prove me, yeah. Within 30 days, he got a double raise. No way. Yeah, that young man got a double raise, Mm -hmm. and God proved to him, and just another illustration that we Mm -hmm. can use, but proved to that young man, I believe in paying your tithes. Right. I thought that was an awesome story. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And um, just maybe another thing or two here, Um, dangerous about the the love of money. We see different instances throughout the Bible, like, like Achan, you know, he knew it was wrong for him to um, take the things from Jericho, but what did he do? He took it anyway and he hid it in his tent. And why was that? Is the love of money. We think of Gehazi, Elisha's servant, that um, went out and lied to, to Naaman about you know these uh, two prophets coming they need, and so he got money from Naaman and then the clothes and the different things. And uh, why did he do that? It was the love of money. Sapphira and Ananias and how they thought they was just lying to to Peter, but they were really lying to the Holy Ghost about their finances. And what was it? It was the love of money. And Judas, you know, the the worst example you could probably think of in what he did and and, um, 
being a trader and, and selling the Lord for just 30 pieces of silver. And why, why would, why did it was the love of money? And so people may, you know, have the excuses like, you know, like you have when what's it's just $50 and it's just a little bit, but you be very, because that love of money can take you so far away from going to do things you thought you would never right. do. So Amen. I guess to end this, to end this episode, I have two questions on the top of my, top of my head. And the first one would be, right. um, to somebody that, and I've heard this, I've heard this often. To somebody that would say, well, Malachi is in the Old Testament. We don't live in the Old Testament anymore. Mm-hmm. It's in the Old Testament. To that, first off, I want to go to Matthew 23. Mm-hmm. Jesus is speaking to scribes and Pharisees. He says, well, unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, mm-hmm. for ye pay tithe on mint, and Annas and Cummin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, right. judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Correct. They was paying tithe on very small, minute things. Spices. Mint, yeah. anise, I mean, those, you know, just little spices, very minute, right? very small. But they had omitted judgment, mercy, and faith. And when I was studying a little bit about that verse— it brought out so well that Jesus was not rebuking them Correct. for paying their tithe, right. but they was being so uh, finite, and they was being so specific and detailed about paying their tithe down to everything, mm-hmm. even their spices, right. their garden food. I mean, paying paying their tithe the mint, mm-hmm. but yet they was omitting law, uh, weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Right. So he was not condemning them, but he was saying, you've paid your tithe. What about this? Mm-hmm. What about this other stuff? Why don't we do that too? And so I think we can take from that scripture that, I mean, there's no, there's con- there's no condemnation there. There is a New Testament reference mm-hmm. to tithing that Jesus was in favor of. Right. Well, when Jesus seen the, the widow woman, she, she gave everything. And I mean, if there was an opportunity, you know, just two mites, it wasn't much. But is all she had. I mean, there was a perfect opportunity if tithing and giving wasn't that important that Jesus could have said, now, ma'am, you know, you just keep that. You know, that's really not necessary. But that's not he, he you know, said there will be a, a blessed her for that giving because she was willing to, to give it all to the Lord. And I think another thing you, you mentioned about we would say, you know, Paul tells us that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so all of the Word of God, and of course, you know, we have to rightly divide the Word of God, of course. Uh, but, you know, I, I believe that that tithing institute from the Lord still carries on the blessings of the Lord, the, the curse of the Lord. If we don't do what the Lord tells us to do back them there in Malachi, uh, then we're going to uh, reap the, the bad benefit. We're going to reap the curse uh, from that if we don't. You know, how that Malachi could say, will a man rob God and be so bold and be right. so strong with those words and then just just a little while later throughout time, like, I don't, we don't right. need that. 
you just you just read over it and you know it sounds 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 cute but you know you know don't apply it to us right now mm. I, I don't i just don't no no and the closer you get to god i think you're you're going to feel that right you're going to know that i don't just give my tithing because I've been told that all my life. And I guess that may be part of it. You know, mm-hmm. you've been taught it all your life. You know, it's, you're going to know what you need to do. Right. But I know that next week, if I just don't give my tithe at all, I know it's going to bother me to death mm-hmm. because I've done wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's, nobody's putting a gun to my head. I don't have the pastor saying, you better give me that right now. Right. None of that. It's just that Holy Ghost voice yes. saying you didn't give your tithe. I, mm-hmm. That part, I, I just don't see how you could. Now, you may not know, right? but how you could just go against that and just say, well, that's Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, right. I just don't. But then the second thing as we get off here, what about to somebody, and I heard you preach about this a little bit, and it kind of made me chuckle, a few things you said, but... Um, what to somebody that would say, well, I just don't like how Brother John's spending my money. I don't like what that church is doing with my. I can give them my money. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, I mean, they won't stand in judgment for how you know the church uses the money. the The pastor and the and the elders, the leaders of the church, they'll be the one that have to give an account for the uh, for what's happened with the finances of the church. It's the responsibility of each and every you know church member to pay their tithe to the church pastor in whichever way uh, they choose to do that Uh, but it's ultimately up to you know the church and what they do with that it's not up to you know the church member you know they don't give it with strings attached saying i'll give you this if you do that's that's not what the lord instructed malachi to say and all these others no we give our tithe to to the lord because of our love for him and in this and this work and the and the men of God and the work of God because we want it to go on. Yes, it's not our money; it's right. His money. It's his. It all belongs to the Lord anyway. He just required ten, at least ten percent, to come back to the work. And of the so Lord. the synopsis of this is: give your tithe, Amen. Give your tithe and give an offering. Yeah, give your tithe and give an offering. Right. And I know everybody's hurting right now because of our beloved government. Beloved. Our beloved government and our president that don't even know how to ride a bike. Lord help us. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We need this right here. (laughs) Here we go. There we go. That's a good one, Austin. That's a good one. (laughs) But anyways, we need to get off on the podcast today. I'm so glad you came on with us. Oh, thank you for having us. As a Talking about Kids Crusades, kids and slaps crusade. in the face. Friday and night. Tithing. And <laughs> wow. Bringing the money, bringing the money, bringing the money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyways, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. God bless you want to come back sometime? If I can work it in the schedule, I'd love to be back. <laughs> All right. Maybe on a Friday night. of life I've run. The Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll